Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Freshen Up Energy. Listen, y'all know I'm a busy guy, and sometimes I need a bit of a boost, which is why I turn to Freshen Up Energy. With 100 milligrams of caffeine derived from coffee beans, vitamins B, C, and D, and zero sugar, Freshen Up has become my new go-to for getting things done. But hey, if you're new and want to try it yourself before getting a 30-serving dub, get yourself the four-star tube set with flavors such as blue raspberry, cherry blossom, more cherry, and freedom berry to see which one you like the most. With 15 flavors now and more on the way, I'm sure you'll find the one you love soon. And don't forget to use promo code PLUMES10 at checkout to save 10% of your order. And hey, if we get enough out there, maybe we'll even see a Plumes-themed flavor in the near future. Thinking something like Over the Moon for the name. But that promo code again is PLUMES10, and thank you to Freshen Up Energy for helping me bring this show to you. Without further ado, let's begin the episode. My name is Seth, a.k.a. Phantasmal Plumes, and coming to you pre-recorded from the Observatorium. As always, I thank you for tuning in today. Now, before I get started in here today, if this is where you're starting off with me, I'll say you missed an hour of fun over at twitch.tv slash phantasmaplumes, where I am doing this live right now. It's Saturday, October 21st at about 7 o'clock, so really, I am not doing you know, the podcast justice by recording it right, like, less than 24 hours away from premiere, but you know, (laughs) you know. Anyway, uh, I am now on take three. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try and sugarcoat it. Sometimes when I start doing podcasts, I don't necessarily, the intro is where I struggle the most. Once I get that going, I can fly through the rest of the podcast as you're about to see. But Remu says, don't stop, never give up, hold your head high and reach for the top. Let the world see what you got. Bring it all back. Bring it all back. Ah. Uh. <laughs> but no. You've missed an hour of fun. We've been talking about different books and different, you know, going-ons. So if you want a more lighthearted Plumes experience or you want to see me come play games, like, come hang out over at twitch.tv slash phantasmaplumes. It's a great time. And it's, it's a good way for me to talk to y'all directly. I always like having that direct communication, and that's why I also decided to do part two of this podcast live. Also, Remu says, good old obscure show called S Club S. I don't know what that is. (laughs) I don't. But all that to say, this, like I said, this is part two of a two-part series where last week we were talking about, you know, how to really start doing your own mental health evaluation, seeing how you're doing, because really, your boy was kind of struggling the past two weeks. Has it gotten better? Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. You know, when I go through and talk about these topics with y'all, I, excuse me, have to do a little bit of recollection with myself and do a little bit of relearning, because as some of you would may or may not know, Um, you can be an expert in whatever field you're in, but if you can't teach somebody what your field is in, especially somebody with no prior information, you're an idiot. You're a fool. What's the point of you even coming on here and talking about shit? So 
just being up front with y'all, whenever I come through and teach y'all and talk to y'all about this, I do some self-reflection myself and, you know, kind of go back and relearn some of these things and reevaluate myself so that way the next time I come talk to y'all about it, it's more personable. Because at the end of the day, look, I've said it countless times before, I am just an IT guy that likes to talk. I consider myself a friend to all, but I am not a mental health expert by any means. I am not a psychologist by any means. I'm just a guy with a podcast that wants to see you do better for yourself. And sometimes I gotta do better for myself before I can come talk to y'all about it. Unless I'm sharing life experiences, you know, that's a different story altogether. Anyway, Ramu says, Can't teach anyone your topic, you're an idiot. Can't teach Seth history. Seth, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> no, you missed a whole whole conversation between Ramu and I about my hatred of reading history books because we got onto this topic about, you know, what books I like to read because she wanted to come back and give me some book recommendations. I said, I read just about anything. And she was about to set me up with a history book. I'm like, I hate history books because of guns, germs, and steel. I had to read that in 7th, 8th grade AP social studies. And that shit blew. It was like taking sandpaper straight across my tongue. I hated it. <laughs> and I had to do it. Um... And then I'm like, but I love historical fiction. You know, Ken Follett. I don't know if I could fully consider his work historical fiction, but I used to love reading his books. Pillars of the Earth was the first one that came to mind. And Ramu's got me hooked up with this book called uh, Lamb. Uh, story of... I th I'm going to get the subtitle wrong, but I'm going to try and get it right. Uh, the Story of Jesus from Jesus' childhood friend Biff. I'm very interested about that. I have that downloaded to my Kindle now. At least the uh at least the demo or the sample to see whether or not I like it. But anyway, all right. So, as I talked about last week though, we you know, it really was a fun start to podcast, seriously. I'm I promise I'll stop plugging the Twitch page after this, but genuinely, I love being able to talk with y'all. I love being able to have these conversations before I have to come and sit down and, you know, do the official podcast and just being able to laugh and talk about stupid things, especially not non-serious things, always makes me feel better. It makes me feel like, you know, when we talk about the serious things, we have a more up, like a more lighthearted tone because at the end of the day, everything is going to be okay. Sometimes you just need that little distraction to get you there kind of thing. So yeah, please come hang out with us. Or shoot emails to plumescast at gmail.com. Like, whatever works for you, fellow listener. Because I listen to the Plumescast too, yes. <laughs> but anyway, as we were talking last week, your boy has kind of been struggling a bit, you know, with a couple of different things between work and finances. I've kind of been kicking my own ass more than I care to admit. And I'm be upfront with you. It's not because I don't have enough money or I don't, or I'm doing a bad job at work. It's the mindset of, you know, I don't have enough money to do something six months down the line from now. I don't are, or I don't feel like I'm doing enough work to earn my paycheck. So on and so forth. It's, because I am so much of a planner, okay? I I can never play chess because I plan my moves six moves out. 
And then something happens and I get freaked out. I'm like, no, I, but the, your king wasn't supposed to move there. I'm going to move my knight. You know, like genuinely, I can get myself so wound up about just anything if it needs significant planning. In this instance, it's talking about moving, talking about whether or not the fox wife and I want to pick up and move to a bigger place, you know, um, and it's been, it's kind of been a bit of a rough conversation at times because it's one where we kind of sit here and it's like, well, you know, what do we dislike about the apartment? The big thing is the lack of size. Like the fox wife and I, as we continue to... Ramu says, Seth's a death note and a Code Geass character. True. Um, I think me and Lelouch would be good friends. I've never seen Code Geass. <laughs> I've seen the abridged. But anyway, I've never seen Death Note either, come to think of it. But I, like, when it comes to talking about getting a bigger space, like, as the fox wife and I continue our lives together, as we start to prepare our wedding, you know, and getting everything put together for that, it's one of those things where I'm, like, trying to preemptively save money, even though it's still, like, as of ten days ago from recording, two years out, you know? We have plenty, like, we have ample opportunities to save money, but in my mind, I need, like, I need that money in my bank account, like, yesterday, in order to give this woman the wedding she deserves. And mind you, you know, that's not the only thing that, you know, worries me at times. Uh, hell, talking about my car, I need to get four tires put on, right? Because my car has gone up to, I don't think I'm at 50,000 miles yet. Uh, but for those non-car aficionados... 50,000 miles is about the fourth of a lifetime or fourth of a lifespan of a car. Really across a car's entire life you should only have to buy four sets of tires because 200,000 miles is kind of the universal death ticker for an engine. Mind you as technology and as, you know, I guess mechanics get better, cars live longer and longer and really my Toyota has been fucking Flying as if it's still fresh off the lot. Very thankful about that. But to put tires on my car cost me about $700, $700 yeah. Because, you, and also, mind you, that was during a promotion to get three tires. Like, if you got three tires, you got the last one free. And it was just, it was very stressful sitting there. Because up to that point, I've been trying to budget my money better so I can pay off some of my loans more. And up to that point, I had spent maybe 700 bucks the entire month. Okay? Mind you, that is groceries. That is... Because the Fox Wife and I split groceries. Um, she, do, she pays for groceries more than I do. It's more like $25.75. Uh, but that is gas. That is drinks that is dinner and lunches if i'm out with her and we're buying stuff for each other uh shopping all that fun stuff up until that point october 15th i'd spent 700 dollars. i was so proud of myself because usually at the end of the month i will put down upwards towards like 2k just because things happen that need cash and it's just it sucks and that's the way the world sometimes and 
you know, and sometimes it is fully self-brought on, I'm not going to lie. Like, buying my phone, buying my tablet to better, you know, to better myself down the line. Like, yes, those are investments, but at the same time, it just sucks, okay? And money is one of those things that gets me so fucked up. You know, like, buying both of those was such a hard thing for me to do because I grew up very poor, you know? I, if I don't have a certain amount in my bank account, I freak out, you know, and that amount is anywhere above 500 bucks, really. You know, if I'm below 500, I start to panic and I'm like, all right, what do do I need to do to save money? What do I need to do to make money? You know, I shouldn't be streaming. I need to be making money, blah, 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 blah. I will get myself into such a rut, even though in all standards, I am doing just fine. I'm doing great, you know? But I don't see it that way. I focus on the negatives. And that just gradually spirals me and brings me down. And I am so fucking thankful to the Fox wife because she can catch that. She can see it and she lets me talk about these things with her. Even though, you know, money is kind of a pinch point between the both of us as far as, you know, growing up in a not great experience. You know, being able to have these conversations with her has been absolutely amazing and has been a real pillar to my mental health because before I didn't have anybody to talk to about any of this I you know generally speaking I could not talk to certain people about these things because they'd be like well you make you know x amount of money anyway you're rich blah 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 I even though like I was barely making 50k at the time when I was having those conversations mind you you know I've talked about this before in the past. I'm making not six figures, but more than most 28-year-olds will at this time. And, but I'm also covering a lot more than what a lot of the people are. All that to say, okay? All that to say, money has always been one of those pinch points because up until recently, I always thought I had to have like certain amount of money saved aside to uh, for other people because if they ever fell through, I was the first point of contact to come to, and I would give them. Money. I can't tell you how much money I've given people, you know, across my lifetime. That includes my parents. All right, but being able to actually have money and buy things like that is so wild to me. Also, Ramu says. Eh, money isn't a static aspect that you can fully calculate. People act like it is, but unexpected shit happens. No, that is exactly how it is. And, like, the worst part of all of it is I am still trying to pay off a couple of things from last year. You know, I've got, again, I'm getting better about, you know, stretching my money out further because of these experiences. And I guarantee you, if I ever win the lottery... I will sit there and stretch that shit like I am still making 50 bucks a day, all right? But all that to say, you know, I I was stressing out about money. I was stressing out about work because, you know, it had been quiet and I've just been spending that time really training, you know, learning different aspects of the business and bettering myself and having conversations to, you know, better my overall like productivity you know i've been learning programming i've been learning uh salesforce i've been learning how to be a better worker you know by reading stuff you know mind you i'm not reading actual books while i'm on the clock which i wish i could uh i would have been done with you know the weight or the uh winding path to leadership 
or to excellence, but I really sit there at times. Let's see, and Ramu says, if I win the lottery, you're walking 100,000 miles, my friend. Hoy! No, genuinely, I will say this, just as a side tangent. The Fox Wife and I have been playing the lottery more just because we like those crossword scratch-offs, you know. And we, like, she has been murdering it lately. Like, she won 100 bucks the other day. Alright, 105 bucks plus some free tickets. I didn't, I won like two free tickets. I'm like, fuck. And then, you know, we played again and using the money that she won to some degree. Like, we kept, I think, $90 of it to put towards groceries and the other 20 to play more lottery games. And she won again, like 50 bucks or something like that. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> Mind you, before that, I won 50 bucks. So it's, you know, but it's fun to sit there and, like, just scratch off with her and, you know, not have... And just talk about things. Like, talk about if we won, what would we do with it? And just having those little grounding moments to say, like, you know, realizing that if either of us won, like, $100,000, it's going to be... Like, we're going to use it for something for us, you know? I don't have to worry... Like, that's another thing I love about this woman, Okay. And this is something that you really got to appreciate in your partner if you are lucky enough to have one right now. Is if you have somebody that you won a lot of money with, if they aren't going to change their character, that is so phenomenal. And I love that about the Fox Wife. Because, you know, does she, you know, occasionally go out and look at purses and stuff and just be like, oh, that's so cute. I want it. Like, yeah. She likes cute things, and I love seeing how her fashion has evolved over the past two years of us dating, um, and now being engaged. But I don't think, like, if we won $100,000, she's going to run off and spend all of it on clothes and stuff, you know? Like, she genuinely has a vested interest in her future, and our future together, and that just means the world to me. Of course, I'm going to go let her, you know, <laughs> blow money on, you know, cute things. Because she absolutely deserves it. But at the same time, that's a whole other conversation. Marcus says, I'm forever alone, JK. Marcus, I know you're going to find somebody, homie. Like, don't even play. You are such a wonderful guy. You're such a ball of energy. The like, genuinely, when somebody sees that in you... And, like, actually comes to appreciate it. You are going to find, like, somebody that genuinely loves you. I just hope it happens sooner rather than later. Because you deserve it. You're Like, genuinely. When I think of all my immediate friends. Right? Like, you have always been one of the people that... If something was wrong, I could come talk to you about it. And you... One day. <laughs> but, like, you are one of those people that I can come talk to you about. Like, actual dramatic things... And have genuine conversations. Like, I still vividly remember us talking over at, like, Anime Week in Atlanta. And just talking about life and shit. You know? Or when we were here fixing up your computer and just going back and forth about work stuff. Like, I genuinely appreciated those conversations. And, dude, I guarantee you, you're bound to find somebody that loves you for that. Like, I would... Aw, I tried, dude. Like, dude, you don't even try. You just do. Like, I want you to look at yourself and be proud of that. Not everybody has that quality. And, like, to all my listeners out there in podcast land listening to this as I'm gushing over my friend, um, 
you guys just like, or rather, get in my head all kinds of mixed up as I'm talking about this, but as you guys have like genuine conversations with people, you will, like, that's the thing. When you meet somebody, okay, when you meet somebody and all they present to you is their best qualities, their best this, like, you know, here's all my achievements, here's all my money, here's all this, you will find those people are the type of people you get bored of very quickly because that's all they have. That's the peak. But Marcus and Remu, and I'd like to think myself, are some of the people that approach you and don't flaunt everything that they have up front. You know, they don't say, oh, like if Marcus was a CEO of multiple companies, he would not approach me and say, hi, I'm Marcus, I'm the CEO of Toyota and Twitch and, you know, Red Bull energy drinks. No, he'd be like, hey, what's up? I'm Marcus. And then the conversation goes from there. Humble. Being humble, dude, is one of the best things you can be. And, oh, God, I love I love my friends. Anyway, this is a whole other conversation topic. Anyway, Remu says, me and media are both undateable, so we dated each other. Such is how life works in its odd way. Exactly. Like, you find people in life that just click with you. And to find that and to build that into your network of people and your support group is such key principles of having a good mental health. You know, yes, you can do all of this on your own, but you shouldn't have to and you shouldn't feel like you need to. And... I've said this countless times on the podcast. You absolutely don't need to feel like you are a bother to anybody, especially me, if you choose to come up to us and say, hey, I am struggling with this. I am struggling with that. Because, dude, that is absolutely a pillar of strength right in itself. Being human enough and being vulnerable enough to admit that you are hurting, that you are suffering, that you're struggling is a sign of strength. But I will also say this, when you approach somebody like this, when you approach somebody and say, I am hurting, I need this, I need that, you know, be prepared for whatever comes your way, okay? It's a big quality of leadership, too. (laughs) Marcus says, be humble, Kendrick Lamar. (laughs) But it's a big quality in leadership, too. Because if you approach somebody, if you approach a coworker or a boss and you say, what can I do to help you? That is the most genuine question you can ask. Okay. Most genuine question you can ask. But if you don't, you know, follow it up with actually doing what they ask you to do and you're not prepared for what they hit you with, then you're just a facade of a leader. At the same time, you know, if you come up looking for advice and you, you know, don't even attempt to follow it. You just stay, like, you keep trying to drag people down with you. You are not doing anything to better yourself. You are becoming a hindrance at that point. And you have to recognize when you are becoming that. Because that is unfair to you as it is unfair to the people around you. You are denying yourself the ability to pick yourself up. People are reaching their arms out to you. Don't pull them down. Mind you, you know, this is a new experience. You know, sometimes you are knocked on your ass for the first time in a way you never saw coming. And sometimes you will take, you know, someone's advice or someone's suggestions or anything like that and not 
and kind of disregard it, not any fault to you. Maybe you just didn't realize it. But if someone comes up to you and says, hey, man, you know, I tried to help you with this. I gave you money. I did this and you didn't really do anything with it. That needs to be a point on your side to look and reflect. Hell, even the worst criticism that somebody gives you, if you look past 80% of the fact that it might or came from like a hurtful spot, 20% of what they are saying is something you can actually apply. Cut through the bullshit that they send to you and look at the 20% that actually matters. And be vulnerable enough with yourself to say, hey, you know, I got this. For example, if you're a content creator, okay, if you're a content creator like me and somebody posts a really hateful comment in your, you know, feed about how your edit or your audio sounds weird, you know, like I can't hear a damn thing in this video. You're playing your music too loud. You have, uh, you have weird effects, blah, 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 your thumbnail shit, blah, 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 blah. Take away the harshness of it, take away 80% of it and look at the 20% that caused them to send that. Now, mind you, some people just say shit to be hateful and some of that you have to look at and just be like, okay, somebody's being hateful here. That is fully bullshit. Don't listen to that. But take the criticism of somebody being like aggressive, disregard the aggression And meet them with kindness. It is not an easy skill to master by any means. But come up to them and say, Hey, I see what you're saying. Thank you for saying it. I'll work on it. You know? And that way, not only do you diffuse the situation nearly entirely, but if you make a genuine attempt to better yourself on that, you get, or you become better. Raymu says, I feel odd being painted as a villainous example of a device giver. Raymu, I never, I, I hope you don't feel that I made you feel villainous. I don't think you are at all. Also, heads up for, you know, the Twitch side of things. We're about to go into ads in about, about a minute 30. Uh, just a heads up, you might disappear for a little bit, but, you know, just so you're aware. Also, saying this in real time, too, when we get to the point when I start making like actual ads and stuff within a cast and all that, we will probably start pausing during these moments and just saying, okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back soon. I will pause the podcast and then, you know, resume after the break is done. But anyway, who all that to say being vulnerable enough to look through other people's bullshit and take out the nugget of goodness Finding the corn in the shit, if you will. Don't eat the corn, that's nasty. (laughs) It helps you better yourself and become something that much better. It makes you a better leader and a better content creator and a better friend, you know? Now that said, okay, we need to talk about how to sit down and just look at yourself, okay? Evaluate your own mental health. There's like kind of specific steps on the matter to evaluate your current mental well-being. And then, you know, I want you to take what we're about to go through together and apply it to yourself. Last week, I challenged you to look at, um, oh, the thing just changed. Sorry, completely lost my train of thought for a second. Things were flickering on my screen. But I want you to take what we're about to talk about 
and apply it to yourself. Because last week I asked you, what kind of things are you feeling? Like, how are you feeling? Did you do any journaling? Did you talk with yourself honestly? Did you evaluate where some of your stresses are in life? And what did you do with that? Okay? If you don't think you're in a good mental health space, here is a simple, like really simple, boiled down self-assessment that you can do. Okay? And this, hopefully, will provide you a good starting point to understanding your mental well-being. Now, mind you, if you have genuine concerns about your mental health, it's crucial not just to listen to me, but talk to a mental health professional or qualified therapist, all right? Mind you, in most cases, in most cases, when you're stressed out to hell and back, some of the stuff that comes up makes you feel like you feel a certain kind of way, and maybe you are, you know, afflicted with some kind of mental health issue. That isn't an excuse, though, for you to give up on where you're going in life. Is it a challenge that you might need to overhear or overcome? Sure. Is it, you know, a different path you might need to take than you originally thought? Of course. And then once we go through all of these, okay, once we talk about what, like, how to do this mental health wellness check, as it were, and go through, you know, how you're feeling, I want to present you with a couple, like, as we go through these things, rather, I'm going to hit you with a couple of truth bombs and just be like, look, you know, for example, talking about your sleep. If you're not getting enough sleep, let's, right, good God, Jello, Jello just shows up and ruins the entire mood of it. Y'all think Obama fucks? Of course he does. He has that post-president sex. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> uh, Marcus says, I found my journal. I write in it every year. See, that's good. That is something great that you should do because being able to reflect back with how you feel about things is key. Okay. Also, I apologize to everyone listening to the Twitch side of things. You're hearing like three different musics playing right now. We are crossing over the part where we finished last week. But anyway, it's important to take check marks, checkpoints, really just combined benchmarks and checkpoints into one word, and check marks kind of works, whatever. Being able to look at yourself across years and figure, if you can't, like, mentally do it, physically do it, write down how you're feeling, what problems are you facing, what is going through your thoughts, Ramu says, lack of sleep is the most common symptom in all mental health diagnoses. It's true. You know, not being able... Like, okay, let me finish one thing before going on from the other. But being able to benchmark yourself and being able to look at everything you've accomplished in the past year is one of the greatest pillars of mental strength that you can do. Because in that, you will reflect near instantly. Because it's... Look... As humans, we tend to forget things, okay? I forget shit all the time. That's why I'm doing, like, fucking Elevate, the Elevate app, playing Sudoku to try and work on my memory. Because <laughs> sometimes I feel like I'm 75 years old and it's just like, we did what yesterday? We talked about that? We saw that building last week? Man, I don't remember half that shit. 
But at the same time, I don't give myself the mental grace to say, well, you know, over this past week, I learned how to program like five different or 500 different variables. You know, my brain's probably a little more tired out. Also, I haven't been sleeping. So all that to say, and mind you, these aren't excuses. They are realizations that I can't be as hard on myself as I want to be or as I'm making myself out to be. Now, all that said, Remu starts with, lack of sleep is the most common symptom in all mental health diagnoses. And it's true, okay? Like, are you not resting enough? Well, like, let me flip things around, okay? I have my little list of things I wanted to talk about, and, like, that's number three. But just to jump out of order... Not sleeping enough, not giving yourself proper sleep, not giving yourself the proper rest that you need. That is probably one of the hardest things to do, especially in this generation, especially in this time and age, when there's so much shit going on in our lives that either A, we can't sleep well because, you know, we are stressing out about work, we have projects, we have people that we want to hang out with. You know, you don't want to sacrifice your social life because of your work life or your school life, so you're staying out late, but you're also not sleeping well. Also, you have no money, so you're stressing out about money, and it's just like, bro, take a nap, <laughs> you know? Take a nap. Get to sleep. Get you, get you some sleep. Now, I had to laugh because yesterday, while I was driving the Fox Wife around, um, I was listening to last week's episode of Plume's Cast. Just to make sure I was going to be on point and what I was talking about th- today. And I kind of laughed because I asked. I'm like, are you sleeping enough? And I just was like, no, Lamau. And then, you know, the fox wife looks at me and she's like, you are the one saying these things. You're like, you are literally advising people to sleep, but you're also answering no. And I'm like, look, <laughs> sometimes you got to do as I say and not as I do. <laughs> Didn't say I wasn't a fucking hypocrite. <laughs> and sleep, sleep. I will say this: in the past couple of weeks, I've definitely gotten better about it. Because the fox wife usually wants to pass out earlier than what I would, and I think I'm finally getting to the point where my body is like, okay, about eleven o'clock, we need to start powering down. Midnight, you need to be in bed. Before it was like three or four in the morning, and then I was waking up at like six and seven. Was not doing myself. Any good with that, I might add. <laughs> but anyway, let's just go through real quick. All right. Like I said, last week I asked you to write about things that were making you upset and things to look for. And today I want to. Let's see here. <laughs> Remu says mental health advice to circus music was a genius idea. You're the one that suggested Toe 15, dude. I I can't say anything. It was just perfectly timed. But let's be genuine with each other, okay? Let's talk about your mood. You know, let's talk about your overall emotional state, as it were. Are you happy? Are you content? Are you sad? Do you feel persistent sadness? Are you anxious? Are you irritable? Do you experience apathy? Mm. I had to throw that one in there. I found that on, like, I can make a funny voice while I say that. <laughs> but, like, genuinely, how are you right now? Okay? Now, over this past week, if you have followed the stuff from last week, 
you've noticed things about yourself. You've written down stuff that you don't feel like you, you were honest with yourself. You talked about how you felt. How are you feeling right now, chat? Dear listener, genuinely. And don't sugarcoat it. Like, I talked about that last week, too, but I'm going to say it again because it bears repeating. Don't sugarcoat it. If you are stressed, admit that you're stressed. If you are sad, admit that you're sad. Don't be like, ah, I'm just having a rough day. Or, man, I'm just kind of tired. You know, be up front. Be honest with yourself. Because if you only half-ass it, especially to the people around you that want to help you, or that you ask help of, they're going to give you a half-assed response. Now, mind you, I'm not going to be like, if you go up to somebody and you're like, oh, I'm so tired. You know, they're just going to be like, well, get some fucking sleep. But if you come up with, yeah, I've been stressing about this work project. It's keeping me up at night. Then they're going to give you more genuine answers. Ramu says, I feel like life is a bizarre question with no answers. Boo makes you chicken nuggets. Boo makes you chicken nuggies. Huh? Are you talking about the Monsters, Inc. character? I'm very confused. (laughs) But, all that to say, just be genuine with yourself. And if you're not talking to other people about it, talk to yourself about it. And be honest, because when you actually look at the problem for what it is, then you can start giving proper... Like... Think of it akin to a Google search, okay? It's a weird way for me to explain this, but this just popped in my head. Think of it like a Google search. When you look up broad things, you're going to get broad answers. And I'm not talking about Chris Broad from the Abroad in Japan series. If you look up, I'm not sleeping well, you're going to get a bunch of generic advice. But if you say, I'm not sleeping well because I'm stressed out, you're going to get the advice that you actually need. And things that can start you down a proper mental health path. A proper path to recovery, as it were. And a path to making yourself stronger. Mind you, through these adversities that you survive through, you become just a bit stronger every single time. If it's a small problem, it's a little bit. If it's a big problem, it's a lot of it. But everything you overcome in life builds you up for the next challenge and hey somebody might come to you and it's like yeah no i'm just like say 10 years down the road you are now managing the project that got you so stressed out and somebody might be genuine with you and just be like yeah boss i'm just losing sleep at night because you know i'm stressed out about this you having experienced it can then say, yeah, no, I was in the same boat. Make a genuine connection with them and say, look, this is what I did to help me. And like genuinely, as you listen to these podcasts, as you, you know, continue to learn alongside me, I hope that you and everybody that listens to this podcast, not just this episode, but the podcast in general, offers this kind of advice to people, you know? I come on here and talk about my stories, my lessons, my experiences, because it allows people to realize they're not alone in this world. I hope you carry the same spirit of that pod- of this podcast rather, into your everyday life. 
Mind you, you don't have to be like, well, I listen to the Bloomscast, Bloomscast, Bloomscast podcast. Say it three times so that way you summon me. But <laughs> and on there, Plumsy Boy said, you need to be open-minded. You need to share your answers with people who ask. Like, Don't do that. But just be like, hey, man, you know, I, I can relate to that. I feel that way. I understand that. Also, Reimu says, Reimu, what do you do when you get a lack of sleep? I get angry at Dark Souls so I can stop being angry at myself. Deflection's a decent way <laughs> to do with things. Okay, let's talk about that genuinely for a second, though. Okay? Like, deflection and getting mad about something else is sometimes a great way of, you know, getting through a situation for the moment. However, it's not a healthy way to continue to cope with that situation. If you are mad at yourself, you need to look into what is making you mad about yourself and be genuine with yourself because at the end of the day, as you continue to deflect things, the problems still exist within you. You know, it doesn't matter how angry you get at Dark Souls, it's not going to fix you. Same thing with a vice. If you drink to forget your problems, the problems aren't going to go away. The hauntings of those problems will not go away. And unfortunately, you have to drink more to forget. You know, it sucks. I hate telling you that you have to face your problems and face the things that scare you, the things that make you angry, the things that upset you. Especially when life itself is so fucking hard as is. You know, the government doesn't know what the fuck they're doing by firing the Speaker of the House and then firing the next guy. And then the next guy pulls out his ballot and he's just like, actually, fuck this. And now we're doing some historic shit in the White House. Like, also, we have bombings over in Israel and Palestine. Like, and the U.S. is using our money to fund Israel. That's... A terrible thing to even hear. An ethro... Like, we're basically funding uh, ethno-cleansing at this point. And I definitely know that's a... You know, dividing point between people. But at the same point, just sitting there and listening to the shit... It's scary. It's hard. It's... Also, Ramu says, within this context, mad at myself for not being able to sleep. Okay, we can continue that. Why, then, are you mad at yourself for not being able to sleep? What is keeping you awake? You know? And unfortunately, you may not have the answer. Like, I'm glad I could get off the, you know, world is scary, shit is scary, everything's fucked mindset. Because, yeah, no, that is kind of how the way world the world is going right now. Hell, there's apparently another wor- like world-ending event supposed to happen in 2024, I think in February, where, <laughs> you know, I think... I think it was the Pompeii Volcanoes is supposed to erupt again. I'm not entirely sure if that was the right one or not. But it's going to cause another ice age. And just like, bro, I'm tired of living through these crazy events. And Raymond says, because not being able to sleep makes me irritable. Well, okay. So let's... Okay, let me go back a little bit. Within this context, mad at myself for not being able to sleep. Because not being able to sleep makes me irritable. Okay, so... Mind you, okay, you can't do all this alone. Now, I know you, in this context, Raimu, have been going to, you know, doctors and have been trying your best to figure out what's going on so that way you can sleep better. 
you're doing what you need to do and you need to give yourself just a little bit of grace on the fact of you are trying, you are trying to get better. You need to be able to also say to yourself, like, this isn't how things are always going to be. You know, you can't go to bed pissed off every night. And if there's anything else you can try at a local level, you know, even if it's just other things that, you know, can help you fall asleep, whether that be melatonin, whether that be, you know, drink, like, special kinds of teas. Genuinely, sleep is not a good thing for me to talk about either, because I used to go through it. But look up other things that you can try. Don't ever just stop and say, I can't sleep, I'm going to get mad at Dark Souls. Not saying that you've done that. But allow yourself the empathy of, I understand I can't sleep. I am understanding that I'm trying to get better. Maybe tonight I'm just a little less angry about it. And just breathe, relax. Understand that you will find whatever the answer to what's plaguing you. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be this year. I hope it's this year for you because I know you've been going through this a lot. But genuinely... Oh, Ramu says, Oh, of course it's not how things will always be, but doesn't change the fact that I hate myself and the human race by proxy for being petty powerless, or for being pretty powerless to change sleep patterns at the drop of the hat. Kind of pitiful, really. <laughs> it, it's not pitiful, Ramu. It's not, like, again, you're doing the best that you can, I'm sure. I understand that, you know, you get upset about that. Because you don't have the answer you need right now. But it will come. You And again, remind yourself that you're doing pretty damn well, all things considered. You survived everything else to this point. And also, to that effect, I want to say this. You know, is there anything else you can try that you haven't tried yet? You know... Mind you, I don't want you going out and spending a whole bunch of money on, like, sleep studies or anything like that. I know we've talked about that in private before. But, allowing, like, have you given yourself a little bit of a breather and gotten yourself a new pillow? Have you tried, you know, changing the thermostat and sleeping at a lower level? You know, what makes you comfortable? What helps you to sleep? When you sleep really well, what do you do prior to? And then go from there. Whew. Now, back to what we were talking about before. Oh, Raymond says, I could try benzos, but I ain't try- doing that. That'd ruin my life. True. Very true. And yeah, I tried everything you said. I mean, again, some things you can't come to an answer to on your own, nor can I give you the answer. But at the same time, you are doing the right... Like, again, you are doing the right things by talking to medical professionals, and you're trying to get better yourself. And I hope, you know, reminding yourself of that makes it a little bit easier on you to sleep at night. Because, you know, you're doing your best. You can't... Like, that's the thing. I'm trying to say more than anything... Don't get pissed off because you can't sleep, because that's just going to keep you up longer. You know, is there anything you can do to remind yourself that you are trying your best, and instead of getting angry, can you deflect that energy onto something else? Like, is there something that you are interested in that would help you rest? I know you probably, I'm assuming you read before bed, you know, 
does that help you relax? Are you a bath person? Do you like to, you know, soak in, like, what helps you mellow out? And could doing that before bed help you even more? Whew. Now, let's talk energy levels. <laughs> that was a terrible, terrible, you know, side swat. But, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, really this goes back into sleep and talking about, you know, how do you feel throughout the day? Are you feeling drained? Are you feeling tired? Are you, you know, do certain things just instantly drain your energy? Those easily could be what's causing you stress at the end of the day. And something, let's see here. Raymond says, nod, nod, getting angry at Dark Souls instead of myself, as I said earlier. Fair. <laughs> I mean, fair. It's just, I would hope that there's something else outside of being angry, you know, and using that energy for something, you know, beneficial to you. Um, fuck, I lost my whole train of thought. I lost my whole last train of thought on that one. Anyway, no, this kind of, this does let me jump like a whole bunch of steps and talk about this. You know, do you, talking about coping mechanisms, okay? When you are stressed out, how do you manage it? How do, and like, how do you manage challenges that come into your life? Do you have healthy coping mechanisms such as like exercising or relaxation techniques or, you know, even asking people for help or in Raymond's case, being pissed off at Dark Souls? Or do you have unhealthy coping mechanisms such as substances, drugs, alcohol, fucking food, uh, self-harm or avoidance? It's incredibly hard when you are doing something unhealthy because in your brain, that is what you do to feel better about yourself. You know, I've unfortunately have met a lot of people that self-harm was their way of, you know, getting past stress, getting past bad environments, especially in the world that I grew up in. I knew a lot of people that anytime they lost in a fight, they cut themselves to remind them of the pain they felt while fighting. To use that as some kind of fucked up motivator, because they didn't want to hurt themselves again, because sitting there with a blade against their wrist was terrifying to them, and realizing that one long, like one wrong slip up was enough to end their life. So they use that as some bizarre motivator. Mind you, that's all they knew. Granted, back in those days, I didn't have like the mental health guidance, mindfulness stuff that I do now. But I couldn't help them back then. And well, also, 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 let's go on a step further from that. Talking about not being able to help people. Sometimes, dude, people will come up to you and say, I need help with X, Y, and Z. And it's completely okay to just be honest with them and be like, hey, I, that's not my field. That's not my, you know, that's not my wheelbarrow. That's not my, in my realm of expertise. That's not anything I've experienced. Like I'm kind of doing with Ramu. I apologize. Because genuinely, I can tell you everything I do to sleep. But I don't think it's in the same vein. You know, like, for example, when I can't sleep, I meditate. I sit there and I just clear my mind. I pull, like, I blow off everything else. Not in an avoidance stance, but just in a sense of, 
I've done everything I can do today to this point. Now let me just calm down and just evaluate how I'm feeling. And I just take a quick mental check of myself. How Am I sore anywhere? Am I hurting anywhere? How did I do today? You know, did I make people laugh? Did I smile? Did I feel stressed? And then I kind of make mental checkpoints at that and say, okay... You know, yesterday I was really struggling about finances. Did I think about that today? You know, am I tired because I stayed up too late figuring out, you know, that I'm, I don't have enough money to buy a house, you know, and probably won't for like the next 10 years. It's one of the best things I can recommend to people is just sitting there being as still as you can be, breathing slowly, calmly, and just taking a check of yourself. And then when you find and when you're done with it, just say, "Okay, I've recorded that information, you know, in my head, I'm ready to sleep." And then drifting off from there. It is not something that I did or learned to do overnight by any means, but it's been my most effective tool, especially when I go to bed and I'm not tired. You know, there are certain nights, especially, you know, somewhat here recently, that the fox wife wants to go to bed at like 10, 10.30 and my just circadian rhythm isn't there yet. So being able to just say, okay, let me just breathe, let me relax, let me let all the tension of my body go just for a little bit and then, you know, figure out what I want to think about. You know, kind of like what you do, Raymond, talking about getting angry at Dark Souls, but in a more productive sense, I would also say. Because, again, I can look at everything that I talk about and, you know, compare it to past days, compare it to the past week. Should I be writing that stuff down? Sure. But sometimes I don't have the luxury of being able to pull up my tablet and typing stuff onto, the, you know, my journal or being able to write something down. But I can just take a mental snapshot and just be like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is where I want to be tomorrow. Tomorrow, I will try to be just a little kinder, or a little more attentive, or a little more energetic. And if over time, I'm seeing that I'm not, you know, adjusting to those things properly, like if I'm really being hard about myself about not going to the gym, and it's been forcing me more to not go, then, you know, that's something else I have to sit down and evaluate and say, okay, I'm not being kind to myself. Why? I hate the fact that I'm not going to the gym. Why aren't I going to the gym? I'm tired. I'm stressed. Okay, well, going to the gym will help you reduce your stress. Why are you tired? I'm staying up too late because I'm, you know, talking with friends and trying to, or I'm working on projects. Okay, if you're talking with friends, that's something viable to stay up with. You know, but at the same time, your friends will understand that if you have to go, you need to go. And if they don't understand that, then you got to put a hard line down and say, hey, friends, listen, I love y'all. I mean that. I love hanging out with y'all, but it is currently bedtime and I got to go. You know, I will say this. I have absolutely cut ties with people because they did not respect my sleep, like the need for me to sleep. It, you know, it sucks because some of those people I've talked with for years, but they were also keeping me up to one, two, three in the morning. And, you know, when I started going to bed earlier, they would get upset with me and be like, all right, grandpa, go to bed. And it's just like, even though some people in that were doing the same thing as me just a little bit later, 
but a whole nother conversation topic. And then as time went on from there, did it suck to have to say, you know, see your friends? Of course it did. And But I will say this, the friends that I get to hang out with nowadays understand that, you know, I need to sleep. I need, like, I work a very technical job where I need to be very alert. And if I'm not getting my sleep, I'm drinking energy drinks, which makes me feel worse about myself. Because, you know, mind you, I have one sitting here right here that I'm almost done with. But it's, you know, when I'm drinking them continuously, like every single day, it just doesn't help. I get unhealthier and I stop going to the gym and it's all this causation that really you got to kind of find the root cause for and then evaluate how you can best adjust to it. Don't just look at problems at the face level and say, okay, where again, looking at it as I can't sleep versus I can't sleep because of X, Y, and Z. Now talking about coping mechanisms for me, I go to the gym. All right. When I'm stressed out, I go to the gym, I work out and I try and get some of that stress out. Sometimes when I'm running, I get into that runner's high and I just let my mind wander, you know, and I just allow my thoughts to kind of just free flow as, you know, I'm busting my ass trying to, trying to ignore whatever's going on on the news station in front of me that I'm staring at because I need something to stare at. And bro, genuinely, there's nothing good to stare at the fucking gym because all they play is the news stations and sports. And honestly, if something is moving in front of me, I'll probably keep my attention on that. But anyway, I let my mind just wander freely when I'm doing cardio. And I think of things like stuff that's bothering me, stuff that makes me upset, stuff that, you know, connotations about people and projects. And like, if somebody interrupts that, bro, that can ruin my day. You know, I had a coworker call me at like 730 in the morning as I was just starting my workout. Just like, I have an emergency. I have an emergency. It's very important. Blah, 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 blah. It wasn't. It really wasn't. Did I still treat it with the respect it deserved? Sure. But I was still very annoyed for like the rest of the day because... That was my time, and it was interrupted. You have to allow yourself time for yourself. And if you have people that keep intruding on that, you got to figure out ways to get around that. Unfortunately, you can't always do that. You know, you can't always tell your friends, hey, don't hit me up from 7.30 to 8 o'clock because I'm, you know, at the gym. Raymond says, yeah, I did that when I wasn't injured. Get mad at the exercise machine and whatnot. Exactly. You know? And perfect, you know, sequitur here, Ramu. Show them damn weights. I mean business. Exactly. Because when you feel better about yourself, you feel better in general. But sometimes we can't go to the gym. Sometimes, and there are myriads of reasons why you can't go to the gym. The gym sucks. It's too expensive. It, you know, you have some physical injury that stops you from going to the gym. But all that to say, there are a hundred different ways outside of the gym to maintain some level of exercise. If you can walk fine, go for a walk. If you can bike fine, go ride your bike. You know, it doesn't always have to be lifting the heaviest weights. 
And if you are somebody that needs that resistance, use body weight, dude. Like, there are times where I can't go to the gym, but sometimes all I'll do is I'll drop down on the ground while I'm at the office and do push-ups just to get my heart beating. Or I'll do sit-ups, or I'll do, you know, anything else. I'll lift the 20-pound dumbbell that I have in my office. Because if I sense that I'm not doing right, if something is bugging me or I'm dragging, then that's the time where I need to look and say, okay, let me quickly do something to, you know, fix that temporarily. You know, if it's a continuous thing, I can't always be sitting there pumping my weight. Like, that's the thing, too. You have to respect your own fatigue at these things. Again... You know, if it's a continuous problem, avoiding it and just pumping weights, you're going to tire your arm out, you're going to hurt yourself, you know, you got to look at what the problem is and can you fix that problem? If it's something that's not fixable at your current job, then bro, maybe you got to take the fucking plunge and the leap of faith to find something else. I know the job market is incredibly hard right now, but even if you have made that decision that, you know what, I can't fix these problems at my current job, I need to go somewhere else, then you can take solace in the fact that you're trying. And as you are trying, you are learning different tips and tricks to make yourself more marketable. If you are continuously failing and you don't know why, and you just keep failing because you want it, like you aren't changing anything, that's the definition of insanity. You know, here's a great recruiting thing, okay? If you are going through a bunch... Like, I have always respected this. But when I have gone through and been an interviewee, okay? Or an interviewer. If any time an interviewee, an applicant, reached out to me and say, Hey, why didn't I get the position? Or thank you for the time. I was just curious. What could I have done better on my resume or on my or during the interview to sell myself better. I always respect that and I always shoot back an email that says, "Hey man, you know, it wasn't a you thing, it was a them thing." You know, one of the things that they looked for was this, you didn't mention anything about this. The next person that came in talked about this in length. You know, maybe fine-tune your, you know, fine-tune yourself a little bit. Or, hey, it's the personal connection. You know, you had all the skills that we were looking for, but someone else came in right after you and, you know, sold themselves before their skills. And even though their skills aren't all the way there, we already had a personal connection. You know? And that's okay to ask. You know? Because then you... And some people will straight out ignore you, but I always thought that was a very... uh, A really commendable thing. Also, Claude, damn, real talk. I like it. Homie, that's what this podcast is all about. Just being entirely honest with each other. Ah, shit. I lost my train of thought. Oh, but going back to, you know, finishing your mental health evaluation. You know, evaluating your overall functioning. I know that sounds really weird, and I don't like the way I phrase that in my notes, but... Genuinely, what I mean is, how are you fo- like? How are you doing day to day? Are you able to get up out of bed, eat breakfast, go to work, do everything you needed, do your daily responsibilities and personal goals, kind of thing? Are you, you know, getting all your work done, whether that be academic? <laughs> well, my bad. No, homie, you're you are perfectly fine. Ramu says, in my case, too honest. I mean, but that's a whole thing too in itself. 
you know, being able to lie while in an interview. Okay, let's deviate away for a second to talk about that. Like, you need to be able to sell yourself. And sometimes part of that selling is being honest and saying, yeah, no, I've had bad work experiences because of X, Y, and Z. Or sometimes you say things that you probably shouldn't say. It's okay. It's okay to omit stuff during an interview, too. Because, you know, sometimes you're just going to come up to something that's not favorable. For example, for me, I had a real problem with management in my last job. In which, you know, we have multiple different locations. And some of the, and like my location talked a lot of shit about the home location. Which made me think the company was failing. Did I bring that up in other interviews? Yes. No, I absolutely did. I said, because they would ask, why are you leaving? And for one of the places I interviewed, I started with, you know, I want to better myself. I feel like I hit a wall. I'm trying to find my career position. All that is true. I started with the merits that people are actually looking for. And then if I felt like I had a connection with the interviewer, I was just like, and if I can be entirely honest with you, I hit a wall with management because, you know, they were talking like I didn't feel safe in my current work environment. I felt like my position was going to be terminated. I felt like, you know, we weren't going to continue as a company and there was a whole bunch of disconnect. Also, Raymond says, I'm an anarcho-communist. I personally think the system you have set up is hegemonic blackmail. Uh, but I have to eat, so I suppose I will engage in your hegemonic blackmail victim. Yeah, no, you can't say that shit. You really can't say that shit. You can't tell, like, especially if you work for the insurance field, you can't be like, yeah, no, fucking insurance is a scam, and I'm costing a lot of people a lot of money, and they're paying things that we should cover, or we're paying for a service that we should cover, but I have to tell them no, because we gotta get the boss a nice yacht. You can't say that, unfortunately. It sucks. But you can be honest to yourself, and if you truly dislike it, then maybe that's the sign that you go find something else that you enjoy. You know, when it comes to looking at jobs and what you're doing with your life, thankfully, we live in a wonderful time. Like, even though the world has gone to complete shit in a lot of regards, being able to sit down and actually learn other things like we have so much techno or so much information at our fingertips that you can teach yourself other positions and jump whenever you want you know it's a fantastic opportunity also there's a bunch of courses you can take online mind you does that take resources that some people don't have sure but there are also free alternatives you know and i say that if you have to go to a library to study something because you don't have, you know, internet at home, having that commitment, that drive to go do something just should be another point of positivity for yourself. Not a, oh man, I don't have, you know, internet at home because I can't afford it right now. It's, hey, I'm going to the library to learn something to better myself. I need to be proud of that. I'm riding my bike there, you know. I'm saving money on gas, I'm doing this. Like, those are all points of positivity that, unfortunately, society does not let you always look at it that way. Because other people will look at you and be like, man, look at this broke bitch, doesn't have internet at home. Be proud of the struggle that you're going through, dude. And realize the things that you are doing to better yourself, even if it falls flat on its face, is still something that you can grow and experience from. 
or Claude says, I imagine that the mind is a magnet. Trying to attract positivity and negativity depends on the mindset. That is entirely true. This right here is the truest bit of information anybody could give. If you allow yourself to attract positivity, to put yourself in a positive mindset, to turn the poles in a different way on the magnet, so that way you're um, attracting and not repelling, dude, that's the best thing you can do. Because when you're sitting there and you're actually working to better yourself, you see the negatives that the world would see as positives. And then you go from there. Now, look, I can be entirely upfront with you and say I have had a lot of privilege in my life. Even though I grew up incredibly poor, I had access to the internet. I had access to, you know, computing stuff. I had access, you know, to books and everything else. Like, yes, did it cost me a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to maintain that shit? Of course. But at that same time... I always respected people who came up and said, oh yeah, no, I, I can't afford lunch. But I have, like, I'm doing this. I'm doing something that motivates me, that makes me stronger, that makes me this, that, and the other. Mind you, you know, high school kids weren't talking about that shit. But the best example I can think of is one of my friends who was really into, you know, skateboarding ended up, you know, buying a board instead of buying lunch for a week. Because he was that dedicated to, you know, learning how to skateboard. Mind you, I couldn't even tell you that fucker's name. I barely remember him, but he just, like, a glimpse of him just popped up in my head as we're talking about all this. Now, all that to say, that we, we've kind of danced around, you know, how to kind of better yourself out of these situations. And I hope that, you know, in talking about all this, you give yourself the opportunity to, you know find like where you can find positives and all this mental health is not by any means actually let me start that over mental health is not by any means um, a sprint it's a marathon and you have to allow yourself the opportunity to slow down and take breaks and breathe and relax you have a long distance in front of you. That is your entire fucking life. And you have to do the right things at the right times when you're running that marathon to make sure you are standing above and well. To make sure you're keeping up with the rat race or ahead of the rat race or behind them too. Like you don't have, like, I will say this. The one thing I genuinely hate about the internet is it forces the mindset of we have to keep up with the Johnsons. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of popularity a lot of, you know, notoriety. Ramu says, mental health is rock chipping via raindrops, in my opinion. Exactly. No, that is another great way to look at it. Because every single drop does something to the rock. Sculpturing? Is sculpturing a world? Sculpt sculpting. Sculpting is a word. Yes. Um, but, no, that's another great way to work at look at it. Every drop erodes away a little bit of that rock but unfortunately we don't have the ability all the time to take a pressure washer to that bitch you know but no unfortunately because of the society we live in a lot of the respect a lot of the power goes to those that ha have a lot of haves and not a lot of the have nots you know some of the greatest people in life are some of the people that are humble 
of what they have and aren't sh- like constantly rubbing it in everyone's faces, you know. But unfortunately, the world doesn't always see it that way. Unfortunately, the people that we see on, you know, Reddit, Twitter, you know, magazines are the people, like, famous people that are making a shit ton of money, that are living their best lives, that, you know, have this complete disconnect from the world. And it makes us feel worse about ourselves because we can't be them. But that's not what living is about. Living is not about trying to be anyone else. Ramu says some of the greatest people are victims of hegemonic blackmail known as capitalism, previously merchantilism. Exactly. Or market? No? Merchant? Merchant? Yeah, it was merchantilism. But look, you know, unfortunately, society doesn't always point toward the right people for the right advice. Unfortunately, and like, look at it like this, okay? I'm going to be incredibly upfront. This is biased as hell. But some of the people that get recommended, like, for example, all right, Robert Kiyosaki, I think his name is. Hang on, let me look up his name. I don't want to say anything wrong. Is it Kiyosaki? Kiyosaki. I was close. All right, Robert Kiyosaki. He is known as the rich dad. Okay, he has a shit ton of books. Here it is. I'm going to read you his about page. All right. Robert Toru Kiyosaki is a Japanese-American entrepreneur, businessman, and author. Kiyosaki is the founder of Rich Global LLC and the Rich Dad Company, a private financial education company that provides personal finance and business education to people through books and videos. You know how he made a lot of his money? By faking it and then selling his programs on to people that wanted to be like him. Instead of people figuring out that they don't need to be like him to be happy, to make money, to do the things in life that make them... Wow, guy got blue glasses. He does. No, in that photo, he absolutely does. And you know what? I'm going to be honest. I gave him some money because I bought one of his books at Walmart the other day. Because I was curious. Look. But anytime there's any type of financial ruin or, you know, any financial bubble, who gets quoted? A man that sold lies and bad advice to people makes you pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to come to his conferences in which he just spouts about snake oil. Look, I ain't saying that this man ain't smart to some degree, you know, but you can't always look to these people and be like, oh man... He's so smart, he's so wise, he's worth this much money, he must know what he's doing. When really, all he's doing is making more money off of you. (laughs) All that to say, you know, that's the example though. Is, he was somebody that took advantage of other people, and continuously took advantage of other people, and now has an empire of money, all about taking out, for other people and continuously selling those programs you know will I go through and do a whole read through of his book probably maybe at some point I'm curious and I want to see if he actually wrote a decent book 
But I bought that book in a moment of weakness. I'm going to be upfront with you. I bought that book in a moment of weakness because my finances aren't where they, where I thought they would be when I turned 28. I'm turning 29 in a month, you know, less than a month at this point. 1021, my birthday is 1120. But I bought that book in a moment of weakness because I wanted to figure out how I can make more money. All right. I wanted to start giving my fiance the life she deserves. I wanted to, you know, start building our future together in a way that felt right. Also, Ramu says, success is partially luck, although partially networking in talent, but not fully. Can't do any program around to guarantee success because other people are competing with you to do that too. Exactly. No, that's entirely true. You know, but at the same point, I fell into the mindset of I wanted to, you know, have money and be of money and, you know, rise above everybody else so that way I could continue doing the things I love to do. I want to be like my friends that, you know, go out on vacations and have all these major experiences. But the thing that I didn't realize, okay, the thing I didn't realize about my friends, for example, is they are either deep in debt or have rich parents that back them. And I'm following the wrong image of what I should be as an adult. You know, life isn't about having a lot of money. Life isn't about being able to have the nicest things. Life's about living and experiencing as much as you can. Does money help with that? Of course. But it's also understanding that while you can't do everything, the things that you are able to do, the things that you are passionate about, deserve all the same level of respect and care and love as anybody who goes on a fancy-ass cruise every year. Or sits in primetime seats over at a baseball game. Just because you don't have the nicest things doesn't mean you aren't achieving in life. And nothing says that more than when you have to, you know, take a sacrifice to learn something new, to be better. You know, do I regret buying that tablet at times? No, not at all. It was a $900 investment that I get. Not a lot of people can do, and I'm very thankful for it. But I've used that to further my education, you know, whether that be by learning how to do or learning more Japanese so I can talk better on HelloTalk, um, or drawing more because I want a way to express my creativity. Like, genuinely speaking, oh, Raymu says, eh, I've cleaned rich people's places before. I don't have much of a fuzzy-wuzzy picture of their mental health. Exactly. And that's the thing, too, is sometimes these people get to the point of buying so much shit that they think will make them happy. They think money equals happiness, but when they can't find it, they keep just blowing money in stupid ways, chasing terrible highs to avoid the reality of what's waiting for them. They have avoided actually growing, and they've become spoiled in that regard. That's why I think... Those shows that have, like, the rich preppy kids get dumped out with nothing are so fascinating to me. Because you see what that depravity, what avoiding situations does to somebody. And it's always a terrible clusterfuck. Because, you know, they're like, oh, I'll just have my butler cook for me. And then when there's no butler, it's just like, well, how do I cook? 
and having to learn that shit from nothing. Mind you, those shows don't really get as much traction as they used to, but I don't even think any of them exist anymore. But when you talk to rich people, when you talk to people who had all these experiences, and seeing how disheveled they are from actual life experiences, how disconnected they are from the we- from the way the rest of the world works, you can tell privilege just from talking to somebody. You know, I say this. There was somebody... I'm not... I can't believe I'm using this as an example, talking about mental health. I'm about to talk about the most deranged show on Netflix. Have you ever seen Love is Blind? The most recent season just finished, and one of the reasons why one of the girls didn't end up marrying one of the guys is because he wasn't of money. Because she has grown up a very lavish life, in a very lavish lifestyle. And while she is getting ready, she is getting ready to go down the altar, like walk down the altar to say whether she does or doesn't. And she's openly mocking this guy because his favorite food is Chipotle and because he's never eaten at a Mediterranean restaurant or, you know, a Laotian restaurant. Like, how that should be something that says something against his character that he hadn't had these experiences that you have had the privilege of having. But that's what I think about. He is... Well, mind you, he's, you know, clusterfucking himself. But he seems pretty happy in his own life. And being able to do what he can do. And being able to experience all he can experience. It's not what you have. It's what you do with it. That's the most important thing in life, guys. And genuinely, I hope, you know, talking about all of this has kind of helped you, you know... As you do your own mental health wellness check, you know, and you see where you're at and you start dig. I've given you a good number of examples of me digging deep live on chat to say, okay, maybe this is where my problem really is. Instead of looking at things at face value. Also, Raymond says Laotian restaurants are for the upper class. I thought that was like French. I mean, she was just saying it more in the sense that he hadn't had a bunch of... Like, his favorite food was Chipotle, and he'd never had Laotian food, and, you know, he he's, doesn't have a perfect credit score, all that shit, and it's just... It was a clusterfuck. Probably not the greatest example, but at the same time, that's that's how we go with these things. That's, that's what drives the views, as it were. But look, you know, as I said... Sometimes the worst people get the most attention, and that's what, you know, gets put put in your face. And unfortunately, you start thinking, well, if I'm not doing what they're doing, I'm never going to be successful. I want to squash that notion right here and now. And just be like, look, you don't need to have a shit ton of money to be successful. You just, like, and mind you, you know, if you want fancy things, go for it. By all means, if that's your prerogative, go for it. But don't look at the things that you are doing right now to get to that point and hold them in any disregard that they are not fa- no excuse me that they're not fancy that they're not lavish that you're you're not doing the things that you know the millionaire kid next door is doing. Raymond says, "Sweet, I'm sophisticated because I ate at a lotion place. It was cheap and not very good, and my friend <laughs> put my friend in the hospital. But still, it's an experience." <laughs> Oh, shit. I've been talking a lot. It was probably an upscale spot that she was talking about, to be fair. But anyway. All that to say. 
You know, I want you to be proud about the experiences that you've lived through and the things that you've overcome in life. Because that is the groundwork of mental health. Not paying attention to what the rest of the world is doing. Doing what you can do. You know, I will say this. Unfortunately, you kind of have to be selfish to some degree. Because you can't constantly think about what's going on with the rest of the world. If you want to be a hero to the world... You sometimes have to be a hero to yourself first to build yourself up to the strength that you need to face the world. And you can't always look at the rest of the world and be like, you know, the crisis in Israel and Palestine, the fucking raising rate of inflation, the, you know, student loans that are crushing countless families. Like, mind you, these are all personal takes of things that I've been looking at more and more. But you can't allow that stuff to ruin who you are and let that dictate your individual day. It's selfish, yes, I understand that. And my heart goes out to everybody who is, you know, inflicted by any of those things. But at the same time, right now, I know there's nothing I can do outside of, you know, producing a podcast that hopefully reminds people that they're not alone in the world, that they're not, they don't have to feel afraid of the situations they're in. They don't have to feel scared. You know, to the individuals out there. There are some people out there that absolutely are in terrible situations. Worse than what I'm doing sitting in a, you know, comfy apartment. Well, chair's not that comfy, but I keep choosing to sit in it because it's the only one I got. But, all that to say, you know, I understand that there's people in worse off situations than what I'm in right now. I'll show you, Seth. Oh, Ramu says, I'll show you, Seth. I'm going to become Illuminati, Grandmaster, and fix the Middle East. I'll prove your defeatism wrong. It's not defeatism. It's understanding that there, right now there's not anything you can do but take care of yourself. Because look, you yourself might be the key. You know what? Ramu might be the key to the conflict in the Middle East. And because I said what I said, Raymu would be motivated enough to go saw, like save the world. And then, you know, plaster, you know, subscribe to Phantasmal Plumes on the Pyramid in Giza. Who fucking knows? But, all that to say, okay? All that to say, you yourself cannot sit here and beat yourself up on anything that you've been doing or anything that you're trying to get through because there are other problems in the world. You have to, you know, look at it like a video game. Look at it like an RPG. Okay, hang on, I gotta swap the music real quick because it's, uh, I just realized that's some remix. But anyway, look at it like an RPG. You sometimes are starting at level, or at the beginning of the game, you're always level one. Sometimes you see a cutscene that, you know, you're the highest level ever, and you're going to blow through everybody and everyone, but then something stops you, and you get knocked all the way back to level one, and you start all over. And it's just the character being upset that they can't fix the world because they got their ass kicked. But I want you to realize that in those RPGs, you start at level one, and you grind your way up. You can't face the big bad. Also, Ramu says, for realsies, though, a person who hypothetically wanted to do that might become an ambassador or medical aid. True. No, very true. But you start at level one. And you can't face the big bad all the way in the center of the world until you grind a little bit. 
sometimes, you know, you don't focus on the main problem in the world. You know, you go on a side quest. You know, the world the world could be ending in three days if you played, you know, Legend of Zelda, uh, Majora's Mask. The world's ending in three days. But you could spend those three days getting a mask for somebody's wedding. You know, you don't always have to focus on the big problems of the world to better someone else's, you know, day. And their experiences. And your experience overall. That when you are fighting the big bad, you remember those people. And when you help the world, they help you. You know, I use Majora's Mask in this example because, spoilers for a 20-year-old game, when you get every other mask in the game, when you have experienced every other sub-story there is and gotten every other mask in the game, in the final fight, you can get the Fierce Deities Mask, which is the strongest, you know, mask in the game. It makes you two times stronger, double health, double magic... All this crazy shit. Because you went through and experienced every other aspect. You know, it was a completion bonus before those were really, really common. And that's what I want you to think about your life as. You can go straight to the boss at some points. You can go all the way and fight the end boss and do it in a weakened state. And you can win! You know, you can do you can beat the end boss of the game with three hearts, the starting heart value. You can do it. It's going to be hard and it's going to take a lot of skills and it's going to take a lot of practice. But you can do it. Or you build yourself up along the way. All ways are valid, you know? And maybe you find out that you have a whole bunch of people behind you backing you in your fight. That makes you that much better for the final fight. That's when I want to remind you. The world is a scary, scary place right now. But you absolutely have the right to grind. You absolutely have the right to gain experience. You absolutely have the right to invest in other sub-stories outside the main plot. And I hope you remember that every single day of your life. Because it's just kind of how the way the world is. You deserve to find out how your story plays out to the main story. And that's not saying like people are NPCs and you only can use them to better yourself. Like, no. Cherish the relationships you have with people. Cherish the thing, like the community you can grow. You know, you may not ever be the hero that saves the world, but you might do something great for your community. Maybe you help build homeless shelters for home for or uh, Habitat for Humanity. Maybe every holiday you, you know, spend time raising money for charities. Maybe you work at a soup kitchen every Saturday. You know, you may never be a world icon. But maybe, maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe all you become is somebody that made a difference in somebody else's life. And that is your legacy. Be proud of that. You may, you know, you aren't a world, you aren't Mr. Worldwide, but everyone in the neighborhood knew who you were and loved and cherished you and celebrates you in every single aspect of your life. Be proud of that. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of you for doing the things that you do. And I would love to hear stories of you impacting your community.
and I hope you'll share them with me at the email. You know, I would love to have people on the show that, you know, have made a difference. Again, you know, it doesn't have to be a massive world-changing thing. The grassroots efforts are what make a lot of big events happen. Be proud of those. Be proud of the grind and the experience points you get. And you know what? Sometimes you need to take a rest. You know, treat it more like D&D where you only have so many actions and you have to take a rest period after that. It's completely fair. You know, in D&D, and mind you, this is coming from somebody that's never played Dungeons & Dragons. I just know enough from hearing other people talk about it and listening to the Stinky Dungeon podcast every now and again. But sometimes you have to take a rest because after taking a rest, you can do double the turns. The next turn. You know? Be kind to yourself. Understand that this whole thing is not a marathon. Or it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And what you bring to your and what you attract to yourself positively is what you what you give out positively is what you'll attract. I think we have had a wonderful conversation here, and genuinely I am so incredibly thankful to chat and everybody else that made this possible. Like genuinely, I love the fact that we've had the talk that we've had today, and I hope that you guys can listen to this podcast anytime you need a little boost or a reminder that you're going to be okay. Because you will be. I believe that in my heart and soul, and I know that you can do what you need to do. It may not be in the way you want to do it, but unfortunately, you know, or fortunately in that case, life doesn't always play out in the way we expect it to, but it always somehow plays out. And with that said, also Ramu says, I think we had a wonderful conversation that's been sponsored by Raid Shadow Legend. God. <laughs> you know, it's funny. They actually sent me another email about being sponsored by them. And I'm just, it's funny to me because at that same time, I've noticed a lot of other content creators starting to put Raid shit in their, like, YouTubes and all that. Their YouTube videos. But anyway, I think that is... We have talked for long enough. How long have I been streaming for at this point? Because, you know, originally I was doing this because I had... uh, Oh my god, I've been streaming for almost three hours at this point. But originally I was like, yeah, no, we're going to talk about... You know, we're going to do podcasts for the first hour, and then we're going to play Disgaea together. We did not get to play Disgaea. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with y'all. Once I hit the end button on podcast, that's it. (laughs) My voice. I've been talking for like the past three hours. (laughs) It's been a lot of fun. And genuinely, I hope that you guys listening to this in podcast world or, you know, the YouTube pod world, wherever you are listening to this, I hope that this made you smile and that you kind of gained an appreciation for your life as it is right now and the things that you have overcome and the strengths that you have and just genuinely the amazing path that you're on. I know I have being able to talk with you all about this and I can't thank you all enough for, you know, being here with me for 60 episodes. That's fucking wild, dude. You know, I will say this too, real quick, before I end podcast, I'm going to take a look, alright? I haven't done this, you know, before, and I want to do it right now. From season one, from 2022, I got to 29 episodes, alright? On season two, 
this is the 30th episode. I started on episode 30, and this is episode 60. In the past year, or what took me a year to do, because mind you, I always say at the end of, uh, at the end of, or when anniversary comes, that's the end of the season. I have done more, hang on, let me, let me double check that real quick. So if I go to episode 29 would have been it. The day it was created was when? One twenty, one twenty-three. Yeah, no. And then if I go to uh, episode thirty here, it was two three twenty twenty-three. All right. So if I go into my calendar real quick, I know this is not the professional way to end a podcast, but this is the way. This is the Plumes Cash way of doing things. Uh, Plumes Cash anniversary is February first. Mind you, I could not tell you that off the top, but all that to say. February 1st is the quintessential start of podcast. Last year, I only did 29 episodes. This year, I've already done 30. And I still have, what? Let's just count real quick. You know, not counting October, because October is basically done. November's four weeks. Uh, 12 weeks. 12 more episodes I could do. All right? 42 episodes out of 56. I've only missed, like, 14. I have vastly improved in that regard, you know? And it's because of all this, because I've been gradually grinding my way as a podcaster to make better content and to have better conversations. Like, genuinely, I think I've grown so much as a podcaster in the past year. And it's because of y'all that come and listen to me talk about things and spread the word about podcasts and we have more conversations, and look, I am, it's already tooting my horn a little bit, I know I got, you know, close to four months until, you know, Plume's Cat, or really three months, till Plume's Cast Anniversary 2, but at the same time, it's because of y'all that I have continued to grow as a content creator and build things up, and it's because of that that we can have conversations like this. The first couple of episodes of podcasts that you can re-listen to over at YouTube if you prefer that. I've actually been starting to make those as, you know, video podcasts. You'll see that the quality's not there yet. Quality's not... And sometimes there are episodes here that I'm not super proud of. But at the same time, I've grown from the experiences that we've had together. And just like that, too, I hope you remember that every experience... Even if they weren't great, even if they weren't, you know, the absolute monster hits of podcast episodes that I thought they would be, they are experiences. And they help me develop myself that much further. And I am thankful for that. And I am thankful for you. And I'm thankful for everybody who listens to this and everybody who doesn't, who ends up finding it, you know, years down the line. 60 episodes is a long podcast, man. And I am so fucking thankful to you guys for being here. But that said, 
Remember, you can find me in the night skies across different platforms. You've got Phantasma Plumes on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Tumblr. You can listen to Plumescast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, RIP to Google Podcasts, and YouTube in the form of pods, as well as smart speakers and everything else. And you can email the show directly by sending it to plumescast at gmail.com. That email again is plumescast, P-L-U-M-E-S-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Or if the podcast isn't enough plumes for you, find more topics such as technology and book reviews over at Phantasmagoria of plumes.blogspot.com that URL one more time is phantasmagoria of plumes.blogspot.com guys thank you all so much for listening in and as always I'll talk to you again from the stars very soon until next time everyone give yourself the break and the credit you deserve bye bye